Hi, I'm Michael Chase sitting with Sarah Shulman on Comedy Bloggity. Listen to me ramble about things that I'm not sure what I'm rambling about. Also, if you want to check me out later, look at me on Twitter at ChaseThinks, C-H-E, Thinks. It's kind of ironic. And MichaelChase.com. Thank you for listening. So, Michael, how did you get into comedy? I got into comedy uh, because I was very depressed and I wanted to try everything I've never tried before and comedy was one of those things so I got really drunk went to an open mic and bombed and I was like wow this is cool I don't even remember what I was saying I just remember looking at the people and hearing my voice in the microphone and saying I can do this and I did I did it every single day two three four times a day since then and how old were you when you did your first gig I was 26 years old when I first started comedy which I felt old, so it, I think that kind of made my was the reason why my pace was so fast because I always felt like I should have been doing this when I was 19. So I always worked like I was behind, and I was like, man, I gotta I gotta do this while I'm still young. I gotta keep going, keep going. I gotta work twice as hard as everybody else because everybody's five years younger than me. So that kind of helped me, and and then the work ethic just stuck. Even even this pace in Edinburgh doing. An hour a day feels like I want to do more. I get off stage, I want to do another show. I just want to see more audience. And so was your first gig in New York? Yeah, my first gig was in New York. I started in New York for, yeah, I'm from New York. So I, I did everything in New York until I, like a year and a half ago was when I, excuse me, when I started getting on the road. And did you find that when you started doing open mics that New York was uh, an environment that embraced new acts trying to get into comedy? Yeah, the scene was very, very inclusive, which helped me because you, you do these open mics and in New York, there's clubs and it's very hard to get into a club to get passed out of club. So a lot of comedians, they'll do shows in the back of bars and little independent shows and in what they call the alt scene and the urban scene. Well, they'll do independently run shows where they'll invite the audience and they'll promote it and it's a free show. So when I started meeting comedians at the open mics, working out, they'd say, hey, could you do my show? Could you do my show? And the next thing you know, you're not doing open mics anymore. You're just doing a whole week of shows and so on and so on. Then you're doing a lot of shows and then you're producing a show and then you're doing clubs and the clubs take notice. This kid's got some buzz and then you get passed at the club. So like that's how it really works. It's like a like a snowball. So the scene in New York help the pace because there's so many places to play that's why i tell anybody who whoever comes to new york take advantage because there's a lot of different types of rooms there's a lot of different communities where you can meet people and network and be able to get a lot of stage time if you if you hustle right well one of the differences between gigging in london for example in new york is that in new york uh, they'll have comedy waitresses and they'll have people walking around so did you find that it was distracting at all having people serving drinks and bringing food whilst you're trying to deliver an art form um well it's uh it's like when you're born into chaos chaos becomes normal and then you miss it like when i'm here i actually that was one of the strangest adjustments about being here is that the audience is more like a theater. It's people are sitting and they're paying attention and they're very alert and they have you have their undivided attention. And for me, it's like, it's weird because I'm so used to playing in a club where people are drinking, people are eating a hamburger, people are talking to each other. If I'm not funny in the first minute, they're like, this guy stinks. We don't even want to hear what the rest of the stuff he's saying. So I missed that chaos because I'm so used to it in a lot of ways. 
I'm not used to having the attention of the audience no matter what for the full hour, you know. So it's um, you compete with it, but then you really get used to it. It becomes your comfort zone. So I like the pace. I like the hearing the glass clink and the, all of that. It's kind of it's even better because it, it, it keeps you sharp, keeps your mind. You're like very alert, hypersensitive. Well, speaking of chaos, do you find that you get heckled a lot? I do, but I kind of invite it. It's not even heckling. It's more talking because my comedy is very conversational. So I know my jokes. And when the audience is listening and they, they feel comfortable enough to chime in, then I know, okay, it's because, it's because I'm creating that kind of thing. Like a, it's not like a heckle, like a you stink or a shut up. You know, like that's different. It's more of a response to what I'm saying. Sometimes they just get lost because they feel comfortable. And I take it as a compliment. And I also take it as a surprise where I can play off what they're saying and get back to what I was, what I was doing, which I think a comic should know how to do. And it kind of also adds to the magic of the... Um, experience of the experience and of the spontaneity it's like sometimes i can make a joke sound like i just came up with it just because i'm pulling from what you said it's almost like a cold reading or like a little you know it's kind of cool it's kind of a fun way to tell the joke and i think um when a joke is good you could do that and when you know your act well you could do that so it's i like it i like the that sort of heckling unless it's disruptive of timing then it then it becomes a nuisance well, some acts find it quite difficult dealing with hecklers. So what advice would you give to other comedians about dealing with hecklers? Um, first of all, you have to always know that you're, the audience is on your side to start out with. Everybody came paid to see you, not the heckler. So they're going to be on your side. Have that confidence. It's you, against, it's you and the whole audience against them. All right? So you're good. Secondly, you have a microphone. They, everyone can hear what you're saying perfectly clear. They can't really hear what that guy's yelling too well. So you have another advantage. Sound is paramount. And the other thing is be comfortable. Know that this is your stage. This is your house. This is your territory. You've been doing this way longer than they've been heckling. So have that. It's all about confidence. It's all about control. It's like being a, a teacher, a substitute teacher. If you show weakness, people that pay money to see a show they paid to see a professional if you don't look like you can handle a heckler you don't look like you're in control of the room people are disappointed they're like we want a professional we want to we'll let, rather listen to the heckler because he's showing dominance you know so if you can make sure that you're in control of the situation even the heckler will 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 stop heckling because they want to see a good show too there's very few people there might be Ten times you'll come across somebody who really just wants to disrupt the show. You know, most people are heckling because they don't know how to behave and they don't realize how obnoxious they're being or because they just didn't realize that they were being rude. You know, they don't some people most people just don't know or they're just drunk, which, you know, is the reason why a lot of things happen. So how do you go about writing your material? I usually find something that's a that's popular and that I don't understand and then I explain to myself why I don't understand it and why it should be simpler and then which it usually sounds ridiculous and then I work from there and uh, I, th I think most of my comedy comes from being confused and a lot of times people like to watch somebody confused like I like I like to you ever talk to like old ladies or like babies 
children and old people are the best because they find things that we all find important and they say well, I don't get the big deal and then it's some hilarious simplistic view of that and then you're like I never thought of it that way it's kind of ridiculous but you still don't get it so <laughs> so that's where that's where it that's kind of where my comedy comes from I try to take the most simplistic viewpoint of something very complicated and it it's kind of fun it's a way to talk about things that are important to people and make light of it while still giving it the respect it deserves. Well, in being confused about topics as, as an inspiration for your writing, do you feel that having done stand-up now for since you were 26, has that helped you not be so confused about the way the world works? No, it hasn't helped me at all. If anything, it's strengthened my confusion because when people say, yeah, I don't know why it's not like that, then I say, exactly, maybe it should be like that. It's kind of giving me more courage to be uh, slow. You know, it's weird. It's like a, I like it though. I like I like the confusion, you know, because I think if people are honest, most people are confused. And it's, we don't, you know, we're embarrassed to say, listen, I don't understand this and I don't feel comfortable with the way things are. And uh, most people want to, it's, it's cool to know stuff, which I think is a detriment. <laughs> it's, it's not, sometimes being able to say, listen, I don't understand this. And I'm in, I, I do have the, I know, I, would, I know the way I should be, but I'm not that way. And I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like I need to be any other way. I feel like that is helpful. And for my show, if you're there for an hour, you could kind of feel that way a little bit. Because I'm doing it, and I'm, I'm not that wrong, can I? Am I? Maybe? Does that make sense? All right. And, of course, you write your own stand-up, but also you've started writing for Saturday Night Live, including the She's Got a Dick sketch, which Justin Timberlake was in. Have you found that it's more difficult writing for television than it is for live stand-up? Yes, it's a lot different, because in stand-up, I could work something. If something doesn't work, I can go back at it. For joke, I could like work the joke. I can, I can go back on stage, figure it out, figure out why it doesn't work, how to tweak it, what to do with it. Maybe if I should throw it away, maybe if I should explore a different area. I get a lot of time to work it out. Work writing for the show, I got one shot. It's either funny when I write it or it's not, you know. And it's also a lot of other moving parts. Everybody that I write in it has to understand what I'm doing. The audience has to understand what I'm trying to get at. So it's a, it's a lot different in that sense where it's a surprise because we write a sketch and then we take it to a table read and then they read it out and then we find out if it's funny then. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a different, it's very different than stand-up. It's tougher for me, but then again, maybe it's easier. It's just out of my comfort zone, something I'm not used to doing because I didn't write sketch before before that so it, to get something on is exciting because it's really tough you know you're competing with people that are that's been there for years that's been that's their whole life is writing sketches and I'm just walking in trying to be funny so it's tough but it's also fun that it's so inclusive and that it's so supportive that I can do that and they're like yeah that's good let's use this you know let's let's work on this one so it's like a really great environment well, you've also performed stand-up on television, including on John Oliver's New York stand-up show, as well as on David Letterman. So did you find that performing to a, a TV studio audience was a different dynamic than performing in a comedy club? 
Absolutely, because performing on on TV, they're a clapping audience. They're they're first of all, you're it's not the same. Especially like with Letterman, it was weird because I hadn't done comedy in a while because we had this really bad hurricane, and um, so everything was shut down, and and I didn't know if the show was even on the air. I didn't have any power, or electricity. Somebody had to knock on my window and tell me I was doing the show the next day and I had to drive to a hotel, stay there, wake up, go buy a suit and then do the show because we actually had to pick up a hitchhiker in order to get into the city because we, you had to have three people in the car in order to even get into the city. So we had to pick up a hitchhiker <laughs> and um, to just to be able to do the show. So, you know, like it was a very tense very tense atmosphere that I did the show and then you're way out of your comfort I never performed in a suit before uh, you perform without a microphone I never met David Letterman I get on stage and David Letterman's sitting right next to me and you know it's I'm playing in Ed Sullivan Theater this is where the Beatles came you know like this is a it's a weird you're, you're processing that and then you're trying to remember your jokes so it's very tense and also they're clapping when you tell a joke they clap and you gotta wait for the applause you gotta wait for them to catch up to a joke you're clean it's a lot of it's not like as free flowing as if you're in a club and you've had a couple drinks and you're just going you know it's different and then it's time sensitive I gotta do five minutes I gotta do five minutes it can't be over it can't be less so it's it's cool it's like a but also being in the club makes you kind of prepared for everything. You're hyper aware of your surroundings. You have to be because you're talking to drunk people, you know? So you have to know what's going on at all times. Well, you're in Edinburgh at the moment doing your debut hour, Cartoon Violence. So what's been your experience at the Edinburgh Festival so far? Um, my experience has been great. I See, like I, where I'm playing, it's a lot more, uh, I'll use the word that, that other people describe, posh. It's a lot more posh. So, you know, there's chandeliers and it's, you know, it's really nice. And then I'll, I play to that audience every day and then I'll come over here, here and play certain shows like Spank or certain shows like BBC and the energy is a lot different. It's a lot younger. It's a lot more exciting, you know, but it's, it's not better, but it's just different. So it's really cool to be able to experience the different kinds of audiences here and, um, and do the same material and and have the results be good, you know? So it's really, it's fun. I, I definitely want to come back. Have you found that there's been a big difference between British and American audiences? Yes, uh, British audiences are a lot more polite. You guys will listen. And American audiences, like I said, the attention span is way shorter. So you gotta be funny every 30 seconds. You gotta be like, it's like flashing lights. Over here, it's a lot more. They'll wait. Like I can get on stage here and not get a laugh until five minutes, and people will follow me that whole way, which is not something you can do in New York they're, unless you're a superstar and they're willing to invest. Because, you know, comedy is about trust, you know? It's, uh, it's all about trust. The audience has to trust that you know what you're doing. So here, they're a lot more trusting that you're taking us somewhere and we'll go with you. In America, we don't trust anybody. You better be funny immediately or we're getting out this damn club, you know. It's different, different attitude. And having performed all across the United States, have you found that different areas of the country uh, react differently to your comedy? Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, some places, more liberal towns are a lot more uptight. 
there. Like, uh, you know, I, I tell a joke like how liberal audiences are more conservative than conservative audiences because liberal people are only people that get offended on behalf of people that's not at the show. That's a real thing. Like, I'll do a show in New York where there's a lot of smart, liberal kind of college, you know, educated and I'll say things and they'll be like I don't think we're supposed to be laughing I think that's bother I think that would bother someone you know as opposed to certain places where it's working class and then maybe not as left and they'll laugh at anything they're having fun you know cause they're not they don't have a filter maybe it's because a lot of times they don't have any compassion but it's also they just they're just laughing they're just they're just experiencing what I'm saying so certain places are different you got to make everybody feel comfortable at the end of the day we're all people we all have the same emotions we just wear different costumes and hide them differently you know like comedy you got to be comfortable you know it's like uh it's like it's like sex in a way where people you're judged by what you like you know like people don't want to laugh at People don't want to just be caught laughing at everything they find funny. So there might be a guy in the audience that understands exactly what I'm saying. And he he knows exactly, and he thinks it's hilarious, but he's with his wife right now. So he knows that she doesn't like it. So he's not going to laugh because she's not laughing. Or vice versa. A woman might be, you know, not know exactly what she's with a guy. And she doesn't want him to think that she knows that yet. And she's, well, I can't laugh at that. Or somebody might be with their boss, or they might be with their mother. Or, you know what I mean? So it's you have to make everybody feel comfortable that it's okay to laugh. You can let go. Because people judge you by what you find funny, you know? And um, so comfort is the most important thing. Have you found that there's been a difference in the style that British comedians perform here as opposed to the kind of style that American comedians perform? Yeah, I think it's a little bit... I think they're... I think British audiences take advantage of the attention span of this this of British people, you know, like they'll go longer, they'll tell more of a story. It's not really about joke per minute, it's more about the actual journey and the story and the building and all of that. Like it's they kind of have that luxury of an audience that listens and it's good and you know like if if you're paying attention it's good people are people are there with them so it works there it might not translate as much in america and vice versa a lot of times americans might just be talking too fast and people are like what are you you know like slow down relax we're here you don't have to stop moving you know so it's so it's different you know also i think um british comedians they they, they, it's more about a show. They build a show. You're not really building a 10-minute set or a 5-minute TV set. It's more about building an entire show with an arc, with a theme, you know, and it's, it's more theatrical. It's almost like a play a lot of times, which is cool. It's, you know, like it's not, no one's, it's not better than the other. I have my, I, I prefer American comedy, but it's not necessarily better. It's just a, it's a different way to do comedy. And so it's kind of cool to see it. Because you're like, wow, we can, uh, you can do that with it, you know. And I, I think it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of cool. And do you have a favorite type of venue that you prefer performing in? I like a, I like a club with people that got a babysitter. You know, like on a Friday or Saturday night, this is their night to come out. They have a babysitter. They got the day off. They put on cologne and perfume. 
and they want to see a show. They worked all week and they earned their money and they're here to see something and they want to laugh. They need to laugh. That's what I like the most. Any Anything that has, I don't care what, it could be in a, in a train station. It's just a dark room where everybody's having at least two drinks. They're comfortable and they this is their night to laugh. That's what I like. And they've had world experience. Not everything's going great. Not everything's going bad. You know, that's that's who I like to play with. And uh, you know, they paid their money and and they they want to see something for their money and they're not going to interrupt the show. They want their money's worth. And that's what I like to that's what I like to perform for. Everybody else, you know, college kids who are just seeing something for free, they're not going to appreciate it as much cuz it's free to them. Or older people who have an agenda you know and they, you know they're not gonna laugh as much because they already they're already set in their ways working people who just want to see something just make me laugh that's what i want that's what i like and do you have any tips or advice for aspiring comedians be comfortable on stage before your material like i think we're too much worried about the jokes as opposed to just learn how to be funny learn how to get on stage and entertain people and talk to people that's way more important than the actual writing the jokes once you're once you feel comfortable and at home and in control of your of the stage then you can focus on telling them something good but i think the most important thing is learning how to perform learning how to be on stage learning how to control the room and get everybody's attention and then tell them something you know because a lot of jokes are good that you hear young performers do and they're good jokes it's just their presence sucks and if your presence sucks it doesn't matter what you're telling the people they're not listening to it you know they're not they're not engaged and when you know how to perform there's a lot of things that you can you can tell them and they're listening different so focus on being i have people that say i want to try comedy i'm going to try comedy i'm going to do it but i just got to write my jokes first and it's like it doesn't matter what you write it's going to suck Whatever you write, trust me, until you know what you're doing, it's going to suck. So just get on stage and learn how to be comfortable on stage. And then you'll figure, you'll, then you'll figure out your voice and you'll figure out um, how to tell a joke. And then, you'll, and then it'll be funnier. And do you feel that gigging so much when you first started out helped you improve in comedy? Yeah, the, the best way to be comfortable is to be on stage. So for me, getting on stage a lot made me I was just on at home on at every stage I get on stage and and be in front of the audience and it's, everything looks familiar so getting up as much as possible not everybody has the luxury or the resources to be on stage a lot though like I'm from New York I live in New York I started there you can be on stage that much maybe in in Glasgow you can't maybe in you know in Edinburgh you can't maybe in in Kentucky you can't maybe you can only be up once a week it's, it may take longer but just get up as much as you can go to the, go to the bookstore and ask them if you could do a comedy night there create create something you know cuz that's what we did and uh it helps i think in order to be at good comedian you have to do a lot of comedy it's like being a police officer you can't learn it in a class you got to be on the field you could get tips but you got to be in the field and you got to really um create a, a a tough skin and do you have any tips or advice for students um stay in school but know that knowledge is subjective 
Learn everything, man. Class class starts when the doors when when the, when when school lets out. You know, that's when that's the real class out there in the street. Be social. Uh, don't shut yourself in and live in a book, man. Live live life because that's where you're gonna learn everything. And don't be afraid of people. You know, learn from people because because we all we all share in this world. We all share in the society, and uh, we have a lot more to say even if we don't have plaques on our walls. You know, so yeah, stay in school and take it from me because I sucked at school. So I'd probably be the worst person to ask for advice on that question. Actually, you should probably delete that. But my opinion is if you really if you really want to if you're a student uh yeah don't don't be afraid to learn don't be afraid to learn